Okay, so real quick, I'm just gonna highlight a couple of topics we'll be discussing in the next hour. Number one, the man cave. Is it necessary or not? Number two, who's your go-to when shit gets tough? And three, the infamous internal vote. You know that place where you stuff all that shit in when you just don't want to deal with it at the current time and you should be talking about it and releasing it, but you really don't? Yeah, we're going to be touching on those three topics and a lot more. So join myself, Coach T. Goodhurt, special guest Luke K. Alexander, and Jan Burroughs as we sit back, relax, and jaw, share some experiences. Ah! Finishing up and sitting back and being like I got it done. So, like challenges. Yes, sir. So, uh, I don't know what episode this is because I'm a little off track on when I should have been recording the podcast, but ain't worried about that. I promised you that I was going to get you on the podcast, so that was my goal. I said I wasn't going to do the podcast until Finally. you was here. Took me a couple man months. Word. But, uh, <laughs> we're here you know, we're took here. me a couple months, but we here. Sir. So, uh, everybody know who I am, Coach T, all that good shit, welcome to Good Earth Podcast, this is episode, I'm going to say episode three, fuck it, I'll throw an extra one out there, you guys go ahead and introduce yourself and then we'll get started. Yes sir, yes sir, uh, Lou Alexander, multiple things, uh, we're not going to go into that, but um, Lou Alexander, I would say entrepreneur, father, well I'm going to say father first, entrepreneur, uh, speaker, consultant, whole list of things, but uh Coach T, man, I appreciate you always having me on. Because... Hey, yeah, you return guest. You've been here before, so, so you know what's up. So y'all yeah. know who I am. Yeah, I appreciate you. I'm the I'm the rookie. <laughs> uh, my name is Jan Burris, um, former athlete, business owner, entrepreneur, and uh, recently uh, licensed, certified uh, counselor. Um, something new that I'm going to be adding to my program. So um, yeah. yeah, maybe at some point we'll get into that as well. But yes, sir. Something that I, okay. I felt was necessary for for what I do to come compound some of the some of the work that, that I'm out here trying to do. So, so, so we already know this as a trainer, we're, we're the trainer, we're the, the nutrition, and we're always been the counselor. So you just you got certified officially. Yeah, yeah. So that, I do it anyways. Okay, yeah, right, exactly. right. You no, know, absolutely. so yeah, it it, it, it just made sense to to do it the right way to get some get some paperwork behind it, right. but to further legitimize myself in that space to be taken a little bit more seriously to add another another component to just not the the physical training aspect mm-hmm. because a lot of the time i feel like if you train this then the body will follow absolutely and so that's kind of where, where that came from so absolutely that, that's the biggest muscle strongest muscle what's that strongest muscle it's, it's everything yeah, strongest yeah, it's, muscle. It's everything. <laughs> yep it's your foundation right that's right. it man right. that's where the programming starts absolutely the programming takes place all that good stuff 100 percent. all right so fit house uh one of the things that really pushed me other than the fact that i told you you was going to be next is the last uh, little story that you put on IG. Because uh, you've been here before we talked about words. I got yep. my word. Yep. And in that that post, in that story, you hit a word that at one point I was shitting on, but I decided, as I told you earlier, <laughs> you can't shit on the words because that's on, somebody no. else's word. Absolutely. Okay. So I think it spoke about motivation. Okay. So you want to reiterate on that little post, and uh, maybe I'll plug it into the, to the YouTube video or something like that. But uh, what um, you got? Oh, uh... Uh, okay, I think I'm the where I'm in, in the car. That right, yeah. Start off at the car. Well, that's something we talked about not too long ago about the three Ds. Right, right. Um, but yeah, so in in the in the post, my uh, my videographer was asking me like, what does it mean to be motivated, or what motivates me? And I said something along the lines like, that's the initial sparks that gets us going, mm-hmm. but. At some point in time, you got to realize that motivation fades, wow. and you've got to have something that carries you past the point to get you to wherever right. it is that you're trying to go. Mm-hmm. And that's where we talked about implementing those three Ds: right. uh, discipline, 
dedication and determination. And then I also sometimes throw in that forefront of desire. Okay. And I think if you can embody any of those four D's to get you to get you going to or not even get you going, just to get you to follow you all the way through. Um, that's that's to me bigger than the motivational side of it. Mm -hmm. I, I was going to ask you if you felt whether words were enough, but I know for me, my word is enough. I live on my word. So I know it's enough for me, but do you think it's enough for everybody to just focus on words? I mean, like, okay, is that really a jump start? But I think also, too, and to piggyback and just to add to your wisdom a little bit and not to cut you off, but um, I think it's about defining, right? You talk about the three Ds, and I heard something with desire because, like, when you have desire for anything, right, it can be however you determine what desire looks like, but also, too, what is the action of desire? So for me, like my question to you is when you look at those three Ds, right? And it is words on paper or it's words in your subconscious. What are the action with those three Ds, right? Because I think that's what's kind of sparked the words. The word is just the word, but it's the action that's followed by <clears throat> what those three Ds actually represent. So I'd love to hear that from you too. Well, if we piggyback and then I'll piggyback off yep, of that. Yep, but yep. Furthermore, I think when you ask our words enough, I think it depends on who you ask. Yeah. And because I'm, I'm pretty sure you ask somebody what, how they would define a certain word, you might get a different answer. Mm. So mm. What, those, what those three Ds look like for me might look a little different or how I view what those words mean, right? So dedication example is, dedication is doing something regardless. Right. Of, right. uh, regardless of where you're at, what you're going through, good days, bad days, right? Because you're dedicated to that cause. So it does, mm -hmm. whether I feel like doing it today or not, I'm still dedicated to what I got to mm -hmm. do. So that's what the dedication yeah. part means to yeah. me, yeah. which I feel this might be the bigger of the three Ds because oh, yeah. dedication <clears throat> is, 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 is someone to me is, is relentless. Absolutely. And, and when you're relentless, there's a certain, uh, there's a certain level of obsession. Mm. Um, and I don't, and I think without some, uh, level of, of, of being re relentless or the level of obsession, it's hard to be dedicated to something. Right? I don't think it's hard to be dedicated if you're not obsessed with it because there is going to come a point in time where in, the, in that post I talked about, you're going to get hit with obstacles. Somebody's going to tell you no. You're going to wake up. You're going to stub your toe out the bed. You're going to spill the coffee. You're like, mm -hmm. something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Because yeah. that's, that's the test. The yeah. minute you decide to yeah. do something, the minute you decide that this is what I'm going to do, the universe is going to test you. Yeah. How bad do you want it? Yeah. And that's just all it comes down to. And that's the same thing in that same post. I, I impose that same question to my clients. Because if I could do it for them, I would. But then, but then now, what are we doing? Then you're not dedicated to it, <laughs> nah, right? You've got to want it more than you want to breathe, right? You've, we've we've heard that 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 uh that quote. I know you're talking about Eric Thomas. Yeah, Eric you got to want it more than you want to breathe. Yep. Otherwise, then what's the point? Because yeah. the minute you hit the minute you hit that wall, most people fold. One hundred percent. And I might, I might not always run through it. I might find a way around it. I can maybe I crawl underneath it. Yeah crawl over it, run yep. over something, but yep. I ain't the wall ain't gonna stop me. Nah. And that's and that's the word, you know, at least what dedication means for me. You know, when I travel around and I go speak to many different peoples, all demographics, right? You speak into all age ranges, right? right? You sometimes ask yourself the question, why didn't they start earlier? And then you kind of put that question back on yourself as to why didn't why did you start as early as you did, right? right. And you kind of understand the pieces that that aligns you, right? It's kind of talking about what he mentioned, right? There's a lot of things that are thrown at you where it kind of sparks something in you, 
right? It sparks an idea. It sparks uh, action. It sparks something where it's allowing you to focus on that one thing. You're dedicated, right? And so when I'm any speaking engagements, I ask myself, was it just my time earlier and they are in their time now, right? Because like when you just said, I'm 40 and I'm doing the shit that y'all are doing now. Me personally, you were just trying to figure it out. Me personally, I think that it's just about the timing of everything. My time probably is just early on, right? Where it's not saying that I'm going to excel what you're doing. It's just more so saying that I just found where my time is. The same with Young. He found that his time was currently now and he's trying to catapult to something else. Now, you would come back to us as our mentor because we look at you as our guy. You're going to say, no, go past me. Like we don't, we don't want you to just go where I'm at. You know what I mean? And, that, and that's it's progress. It's, it's progress, right? And we gonna look at it the same way too, because we always we all we're always trying to look ahead and be above anything. If there's opposition in front of us, if there's challenges, whatever the case may be. But when I'm having these speaking engagements, I'm always looking at the the room and saying, "Well, damn, they're listening to a guy that's 32 years old talk to them about a dream that they have within themselves, but they just haven't found their time yet." I just figured out my time and that comes what we'll get into the conversations where that comes from how you're up, you know, your upbringing, that comes from your access, to your, environment, your environment, that shapes all that. Right. So exactly. yeah, I, I think that's where I look at it. It's like, yeah, I appreciate the flowers. We appreciate it, but bro, yeah. come on now. You and your season, man, you young, baby, <laughs> give me your bag. Now. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Thank you. Thank you. Thank but you. that makes me think of, as somebody who's older than us and for us to be able to look at you as, as an OG, that's almost, not that it should be that way, but it shows that things are kind of turning in the right direction, right? 100%. So as us being younger, it, it, it opens my eyes to realizing that we might have had some opportunities probably that you didn't have mm -hmm. based on where you were at and where this world was at right. at the time when you were sitting in our shoes. Absolutely. Yeah. So I can I can attest to that by looking at you or looking at my father or some of my old heads that I have around me mm -hmm. that I'm able to do things standing in my shoes that they weren't able to do with my same Yeah, what's the, I think it's the Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King quote, I walked so you could run, I ran so you could yeah, sing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, so we might not be able to be sitting in these positions if it had not been for the actions <laughs> and that was the failures or the attempts by y'all before us. Yeah. I mean, we see it in sports all the time. They always say that one phrase, the, the game's evolved, right? Things have evolved. It's just because the foundation that y'all set, we learned from. The game has evolved how? Because nobody's Mike. Right, right. No, nobody's Mike. But if we talk about sports <laughs> references, the game has evolved, whereas yeah. sports science becomes different, okay, so right? Steph, so People are jumping Steph, higher. Steph, they're running yeah, faster. Yeah. If you want to get into the technicalities yeah. of it, right? But I'm just from, from using that analogy, yeah. the game definitely has evolved because y'all really created the game. <laughs> y'all created it. You know what I'm saying? We just we just taking what y'all created and we saying, man, we running okay. with it. Okay. But uh, so man came. First off, is it necessary? And second off, are the privileges for everybody? I, I told you why I think they're for everybody, but let's say, is it necessary? Is the man cave necessary in your residence? For me, uh, I've never not had a man cave, okay. so I'm, I'm gonna say it is necessary to some degree, so much to the point where I ended up turning in uh, a rental apartment of mine into a whole the, uh, the the spot in uh, Chatsworth. Okay, I yeah. ended up turning that into into the cave to just the whole overall out. Just, okay. That's where I would go. I, I thought about that, like mm -hmm. the whole apartment to the side would just that didn't last long. But <laughs> I ended up converting it to just a rental space. But right. um, 
Yeah, yeah, I had a whole space for that. Because so, yeah, I used to be pretty OCD, but once I had kids, I realized either I was going to not be OCD or go fucking crazy. Yeah. So I decided, you know, just, you know, whatever. But I was like, man, what if I had my own apartment where it's just immaculate? The remote controls where I left it at, you know what I'm saying? Nothing it gets control. tricky. I wouldn't recommend that right, for right. any, no, no, any no, married it's man. Not, no. uh, efficiently, economically, it's not worth it. Like it's, you said, it's, it's turning into a rental apartment. Yeah. That's definitely more, more worth it. But what about yourself, Luke? What you got on the man cave? Man, I mean... <clears throat> See, I, I grew up where I never had my own space, right? Okay. I've always shared a room. Um, there's always been people living with me. So I look at a man cave different, right? Um, I've been living with my wife since we were 19. The only time I had separated from my wife is <clears throat> when I was in the league, and that was a year and a half, two years. So when we first got money and then we had the finances where I can get an extra room, it was, a, it was mandatory. I had to get a man cave because I needed okay. I needed that separation. At this moment, you know, and having kids too, sometimes it's tough to have your own space. So you got to really kind of cultivate them to understand that daddy has a designated space for him and you can't come in. And so for me personally, absolutely 100%, just due to all the shit I had to go through to get the man cave. So I'm taking the man cave more to heart now. So it's like y'all not coming nowhere near anything I'm doing. So yeah, but I ain't got a combination. You getting too much money. So I ain't, I ain't got a, I, 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 I ain't got a combination. I got a little lock, you know, you know, regular key. But you know, I, I got my man cave. But I do, man, I do absolutely because it's my workspace too. It's my office. And um, I gotta say, what what sparked this question? Yeah, is me and my wife, the family, we went to Jamaica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this year summer. Yeah, and you know, I'm conversating with the cousins or whatever, and, yeah. and I'm sitting down with one of her cousins, yeah. Mel, and I'm chopping it up, trying to connect, and the, the topic of the man cave come up, and he just totally shitted on the man cave. And I was just done with him at that point. I was hurt, but it's all, I'm, thankful, I'm thankful that you guys are on the same page with the man cave. But no offense if you're not. It's not, it's not yeah, but I don't think it's necessary it's right, for everybody. everybody. Right. Yeah, I think, but like you said, when you had, when you shared a lot of space, or yeah, right. when, and then when you're able to have, you know, the, the luxury to, to afford to accommodate some of those right. things are necessary. Right. And I mean, like, like we even like what we said even before we started recording, uh, you know, it's it's it's, it's wild outside outside of your home, right. you know. So to have a place like your home should be your sanctuary, anyways. Right. But, right. But uh, the man cave is like, you know, that's 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 your your, your praise room, you know, or whatever you use it for. Yeah. 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 Um, is it is it off limits to everybody or? No. Is that, no. Is, it, is, it, is, it, is the rules in the man cave? It's not off limits to my family. My kids can come in, hey dad, because I got tired of getting up, opening the door every time. They, <laughs> All right, here's the code. <laughs> Just come in, ask me what you want. But they know not to go in there when I'm not there. Mm -hmm. All right, but the only rules is you can't be coming in here showing your guests my man cave. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. That that's when she went wrong with my man cave. You brought superstition. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, that, no, no. See, yeah, see, see. For me, yeah, I, I agree with that because, like I said, obviously. I know being, you're excited. You're excited. <laughs> right. but, like, but like being in a virtual space, obviously, too, right? This is another component that added to it. I think the man cave became real prevalent when COVID was a thing, right? Yeah. To me, personally. That changed the direction of what the man cave was because it is your workspace. Right. Like for me, I did over 100 speaking engagements virtually right. in that man cave, so to speak, but that was my workspace. So to your point, it is off limits to a lot of people. Because if they go in and disrupt a lot of things, that's my background, right? That's my projectors. There's a lot of equipment that's in there. My wife, she gonna always have access to everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. But my kids, see, he can't come in. 
Not yet. Disruptive, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's got that A. Daddy, what's this? And he listen, I can't I can't whoop his ass right now. You know what I mean? So it's different. But um, but yeah, nah, it's off limits or something. Okay. That's for sure. Okay, so man K. That's a go. All right. Yeah, All yeah. Right. Uh, we let's, got it. let's talk about uh inspiration. Pretty cliche, pretty generic question, but uh let's talk about what inspires you. What inspires you? We'll start with you, Juan. Why'd you want to get a fitness facility? Was that something that somebody inspired you or is that just, you know, the next stage in your evolution? Yeah, that's, I mean, when it comes to, to the gym, that just was kind of the next, not, I won't even say the next, that's just the, the next opportunity that presented itself. And I was able to, to um, kind of conquer that, that opportunity that, that I was able to seize when it came to me. But um, I think my inspiration first starts, starts with my family. Uh, and then, my, and then myself, um, I've, I've learned a lot in my 35 years that uh, you know, nobody's really going to do what you need to be done like the way you're going to do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I've had to have some, some real uncomfortable conversations with myself. Mm-hmm. It's where I'm literally looking in the mirror. Absolutely. And I, I got to check myself sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Knowing the type of person that I am, because I reflect on on me a lot, uh, I'm able to self check. So I know when I'm when I'm when I'm when I'm uh, when I'm stagnant, and I know when I'm not putting my best foot forward, and I know when I'm not doing doing the habits and my routine and all those things. And so when when I'm off, I feel off, and and I don't like feeling off. And so I'm 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 always in a constant search of making sure that I find things. And I can, I'll use anything for inspiration. I don't care what it is, like, because for me, the ultimate goal is to hit whatever my, my, my end journey is, which understanding there is no end to the journey, right? It's constantly trying to become better as an individual. Um, but, you know, like I said, I'll use anything to inspire. Uh, you know, my, my, my daughter is, is, is a big inspiration for me. She changed my life. She changed how I viewed the world. Um, Daughters like do that. Daughters do that. They, Yo, that's, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, completely. Um, you know, uh, but I, I have you know, yeah. We we could talk about what you know being a girl dad is and all that, but yeah, you said something about self check. Um, personally, I call it internal dialogue. I speak to mm-hmm. myself a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Sometimes mm-hmm. I do it in public, and people may not understand it. Mm-hmm. But I think I think it's so necessary because you said nobody's going to do what you need to be done better than you need to do it for yourself. Right. I try to tell my kids, son, when I'm getting in your ass, don't nobody else care about you but me. Ain't nobody else going to love you like I'm going to love you. Right. Except yourself. But internal dialogue. Mm-hmm. We're going to come back to that after you tell us about your inspiration. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, I think he hit on a lot of great points, right? Um, from the standpoint of what inspires from the function of inspiration. So right? what is inspiration first? This, 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 right. speaking of? Um, for me personally, and again, he touched on a lot of great points there, but I think when you look at inspiration, it's truly identifying what is the next step or goal for you specifically and what makes you feel whole by achieving whatever it is that you set out, right? I always tell folks like, people always say, well, man, you know, what's your identity, right? Because they always put those in parallel, right? They think what you're inspired by, whether it's extrinsic or intrinsic, intrinsic, right? Extrinsic meaning if it's a car, if it's clothes, if it's houses, whatever the case may be, intrinsic, they always try to figure out, well, you know what, I just want peace. And I always say, you know, so some of us, we try to detach ourselves from problems and we, we, we want success to build our inspiration. And I don't look at it that way. Right. Um, my hardships have 
put me in a position to now understand what truly does inspire me. And what truly inspired me is just to always understand that everybody I come encounter with, they understand I'm consistent. And then you have your family, right? Then you have your friends, then you have all the different folks that say, okay, you know what? I know I can lean on that person. I wanna be viewed as a dependable person. So me, I'm inspired by being dependable because it's going to spread out to every other thing. Now the foundation of it and the core of everything is my family. It is my last name, it is my lineage, but at the end of the day, what are you inspired for? And that's what I always try to come back to. We can be inspired by so many different things, right? Success, when we look at that, that's another word, right? So it's so many different components of inspiration. But if I look at it just in a in a vacuum, I would say inspiration is just being what it is to you. And that's me being consistent mm-hmm. and me being able to act, understand that people view me as a consistent independent person. So is that back to something as simple as saying what drives you? Is that your inspiration? But I mean, yeah, that's a synonym of it, right? right. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a, synonym, a synonym of it, right? Like you can look at that and say what drives you and all those different things, but that's just a synonym, a synonym of it, you know? So I just say, yeah, that's my core. So uh, let's compare the then you to the now you, since we're talking about inspiration, where, you, you know, your younger self to your older self, so to speak. Um, personally, my younger self, I remember being about 25 in New York City trying to be Tyson Bedford. When I look at myself now, I'm like, why am I freak what I ever want to be anybody else? Mm-hmm. Right. So as my older self, I've grown into who I am. I'm thankful and, and I appreciate every part of it. You know, the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows. So when I say every part, I mean, I appreciate the stuff that challenges me because that makes me, it makes me feel alive. Yeah. Growing into who I am, appreciating who I am, not trying to be anybody else. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Not, yeah, I, I, I really love that about my now versus my then. What's something that you struggled with as a young man that now you understand kind of what that struggle mm-hmm. was? Mm-hmm. I mean, I struggle with trying to be uh, in love with myself. You know, then, now I love myself, but I'm not gonna use that. Um, I struggled with how I treated women mm. when I was younger. Okay. But now I don't struggle with that anymore for one, because I only have one. <laughs> I got a wife. Right. Number one. Right. But, but uh, talked about girl dad. And what age were you when you had your daughter? Uh, I think I was 35 when I had my son, probably uh, three years later, 38. Yeah, she's 10, so, yeah. So that was just icing on the cake because you grown with maturity of age but then all of a sudden you had that daughter and it was just like i'm around you out girls change you wow i keep hearing that a lot i keep hearing that they do they change you a lot yeah so did i answer your question yeah i just you know i mean i i understand that you know like i i i will specifically take myself out of something that i've been in and look at how i'm how i need to dissect it now versus where i know where, where I would have went wrong, and that's just learning, you know, right. just just applying what I where I yeah. where I messed up at yeah. to something now. But I do that often because sometimes I will make some of the same mistakes, um, and that's something that I pride myself on not doing. Right. But it happens. Right. Uh, I find myself, or it's very it's not the same. So no, no situations are the same, but there's some have similarities, and so um, there's certain things in 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 those situations where I've always had struggles with. Um, and then, yeah, to try to to try to find to try to find my way out of that struggle is just realizing that all right, well, I knew that I would do X, Y, and Z then here, but now I'm able to to apply it a different way based on where I'm standing at from how I learned. I mean, one of the things I always point out is this is the human experience. I mean, 
we're supposed to move in certain ways, the human way. But that's life. Yeah, that's life. That to me, life is experiences. Yeah, percent. Yeah, I, I think my trick is, is when I when I screw up, the quicker I re- re- understand. And apologize, mm-hmm. or you know what I'm saying, come out of that low vibration. It don't last as long high. now, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. As you got older, what, it's easy to. Yeah. That's what. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't hold grudges and stupid shit like mm-hmm. stupid stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the growth. Yeah. 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 Now I think also too, like I started to understand for me personally to give myself more grace along the journey because I was hard on myself at 25, and I'm still kind of hard on myself. And I didn't give myself that margin of error, you know, like I, I was just always saying that I had to be perfect, me personally, um, because I had the identity of an athlete, right? It was, you have to be perfect in everything that you do. And if you're not, then you're going to be viewed as a failure. And I was letting outside entities really distract what I truly was feeling inside of just saying, let me just go home and be okay and reflect back to, I'm okay. I'm okay, I'm okay, bro. You 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 messed up. To your point, it's experiences. I learned from it. And when you're young and you're, you know, in that space where you'll run through a wall and you're not thinking about things strategically. Yeah. Right? Like when you're older, you have to think about things strategically because you got so many different components that are dependent on you. Mm-hmm. You got your family, you got you got friends, you have people that work for you, employees, right? You guys, right? Business owners, myself. My assistant, right? You got so many different people that depend on you where I just can't run through a wall and hope to come out on the next side okay. So I think at 25, I would have said, Lewis, okay, allow yourself to fail right now, man, because you're going to look back at that and say, hey, that taught me everything I needed to know about what today is. And sometimes we look at it the reverse. We like, damn, I wish I would have knew this at 25 because I would have achieved X. And it's like, ah, yeah, that's cool. But I can argue at the end of the day that we should have went through everything we should have went through at 25. To be where you are. (laughs) We should have went through it. And at the end of the day, we're going to look back at 45 and say, I should have went through everything I went through at 35. Stars build character. They build character, man. And and, yeah. 100%. 100%. 100%. I'm never mad at nothing, man. (laughs) Now, you can't be mad at nothing you go through. Oh, you can't. Good or bad. You can't. I just, you know, you got to, I realize that shit comes. Yeah. It don't matter, bro. If something's gonna happen, often, often. It's, it's like, uh, have y'all read the art, uh, the the art of not giving a fuck? Absolutely, right? I haven't, I haven't read that yet. Bro, yeah, tap in, tap in. <laughs> but it, it's 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 I, the early, early the the first half of the book kind of talks about like, hey, if you expect like, and it's and it's and it's the difference between having like a negative or a pessimistic attitude. That's not what it's saying. But if you have, it's saying if you understand yep. that in life, shit happens. Yep. Right. So the more you can anticipate some shit happening, the easier you're able to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, you got to anticipate some things that happen. So it's like, okay. not, not really giving a fuck. Right? Yeah. <laughs> In order to make things happen, because it's yeah. going to happen anyways. It's yeah. just, how do you deal with those things? Right. It's another book to piggyback off of that, too. If you guys haven't read, it's called Unoffendable. Okay. Um, and it teaches you how to be unoffended. Okay. And like if somebody, if, somebody t- if somebody tells you something, if you go outside and something happens. Right. Our first response is, okay, what's up? We perking up. Now my cheese won't come out. But it teaches you to basically self-reflect and deflect and say, hey, nah, I'm not going to let it offend me. So it's called unoffendable. It's, it's, a, it's a good piggyback off of that. I need that. Uh, yeah, I, 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 need I, will, that. I will literally send it to you. Man. Yeah. My, my, my last read since we're talking about books was uh, Chop Wood, Carrie Ward. 
I haven't, I haven't read that. Okay, that's that's my throw. That's like a military. That, 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 that show, that show speed. That's military. <laughs> that's military right there. But uh, so yeah, the order not giving a fuck. And unoffendable. 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 And uh, chop wood, care water. Check those out. They're good reads. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, who do you lean on when shit is like at its at a ten? When it's like going rough, it's hard. Like you know, who's your go to? I think. Uh... My the first person I'll go to for for a good perspective, and this is just because I've I've seen them go through it. Um, it's the person who's who's taught me about my faith, you know, and and so outside of whatever you whatever your you your, your whatever you base your faith in and wherever your religious stuff outside of that, but without reaching out to the man above, the first person I usually will bounce some things off of is my mother. Um, she typically will come with a non-biased opinion. Like, I'm going to always be her baby, but she let me know what exactly mm-hmm. what it is and what mm-hmm. I need to hear and how I need to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I, I'll always will take take those steps back. And then, like I said earlier, like, I reflect. So I, I do. Like, I won't. I don't shy away from expressing about how much I lean on me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I used to tuck that, or I didn't want people to come off or take it the wrong way as to how much I rely on myself. And mm-hmm. I don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. It's not nothing really to talk about anyways. It's just a matter of getting things done. But I understand like, yo, from the mem- from the moment that we're born and we're put on this planet and this earth, especially as men of color, it's, it's you're, you're, you learn very quickly that you have to create your value. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so for that is I know like no one, no one can do that for me, but me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like I said, I go, it's time to go look in the mirror, you know, tighten up. Tighten up. And, and, tighten up. And tighten up. Tighten and then, up. you know, mirror, mirror talks and then mama. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, for sure. Okay. Those, those would be the things I lean up. And then obviously the man above, you know, right. I wouldn't necessarily describe myself as an extremely religious individual, but I'm extremely big in my spirituality and my faith base and what I believe. Um, and so that's always something I've been able to resort on and have my conversations with with, uh, with, with my higher power. Mirror talks and then mama. I like that. Yes, yeah. sir. I like yeah, that. Absolutely. Um, for me, obviously, mom is, is a focal point, um, you know, faith as well. But for me, at this stage where I am in life, um, no one will know my story. I lost my father early, early in my life. Uh, he was killed to gun violence. So I really didn't have a male role model to kind of really go to that will allow me to understand me outside of me. You know what I meant by that is like, when I'm down, why am I feeling this way as a man, as a black man, that's going through these problems, that's trying to create value where people are looking at me as valueless. Um, And that go-to for me is my my brother, my older brother. My older brother is, he's like my father. Um, my, My dad had 10 kids and I'm the last one on the list. And he's the closest one in age to me, but we're eight years apart. But he's—it seemed like we, damn near close in age. But I go to him because everyone always looks at that one in the family. It's that one in the family, and what I mean by that is the one that changes the dynamic of the lineage, right? Changes the way that people are viewing things. But you are never—you're never asked how you are feeling, right? My brother is the only person that asks me all the time, bro. How you really feeling? Like, how you really feeling? Like, bro, deep down inside, through all of it, bro, like, this is now time for the motivator to be motivated. How are you truly feeling? And he'll really pull my card if I'm telling him anything that's different. Are you familiar with uh, Sterling and Shannon Sharp's relationship? Yeah. 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 I mean, and, that's, and, and literally, that's how it is. Me and my brother, man, we so tight. 
like, I mean, when I was going through things with, you know, marriage or my speaking, I, I remember a perfect example, speaking engagement. I was going through a ton of stuff for my speaking business. And, um, you know, I was in corporate for years. And when I got out of the, out of the league, I went right into tech. And I remember when I first went into tech, I was making, you know, a lot of money fast. And I was just going and I was blowing it, buying, you know, buying stuff for everybody. And I remember he sat me down and he said, um, it's crazy because you're making everybody else rich around you. But inside, you truly broke. And I didn't know what he meant by that. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, you're giving people your time. You're giving them your energy. You're giving them your effort. But in return, they're not giving you anything. So your ROI is this. So he's like, you need to figure out how in return you can actually be rich. And so for me, I started to view that not necessarily rich monetarily, but rich in the standpoint of my energy and not running on empty when I'm giving my energy. So I rely on him because I do run on empty because we're trying to prove our value. We're trying to go out here and acquire new things. We're trying to be business owners. And so he checks me. He regulates everything for me at the time where I just want to scream out and just cry. He like, I got you. So that's that's my brother, man. Shout out to Big D, man. Uh, Lazelle Trucking Logistics, man. So shout out to my guy. Yeah. So I always been my mom, single single parent, seven kids. I mean, it was like, if she can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. So first, it's the mirror talks. I'm going to get it done myself. But if I find myself in a situation where I'm a little stagnant or whatever, it's not mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. I always call her mom. And I sit here and listen, and I understand how fortunate we are to have somebody to lean on. Mm-hmm. I remember 50 Cent, who I've grown to like mm-hmm. over the last couple of years because he, he wrote some pretty decent books, um, said something about, I never, I never ran. From anybody, because I didn't have nobody to run. To. I ain't nobody <laughs> nobody. to run to. I have so, no run to. <laughs> like that. Who you run to? But I just think it's so fortunate that we still have someone to lean on. And one one day we might not. We know we might have to be the one that everybody leans on. But right now, it's fortunate. It's it's it's, it's, it's a it's a blessing. It's a good thing. One hundred percent. Somebody to lean on. One hundred percent, man. So, That's a lot. Take advantage of them them shoulders while you got them, but uh, be building a strong back of your own. Because one day you're gonna be the you gonna be the one everybody coming to. Can I ask a can I ask a follow up maybe to both of y'all yeah, yeah, too for sure. about you know people that you lean on, um, because as men and we talked about this a little bit off camera, from a standpoint of showing vulnerability, you know, crying, you know, expressing, expressing all of the emotions that's coming within just feeling hurt or just feeling pain in general. As men, we deflect sometimes, even when we do have people to lean on, we ignore who they are so how do you know when it's time or let me rephrase this what steps do you put into place to be vulnerable and open to those folks that you do need to lean on because sometimes a lot of us don't want to show others that we are going through things we don't want to be vulnerable and so we won't want to show them that we need to lean on it but how do we get to that point what's that process right is it that self-reflection that we talked about the mirror talks or what does that process look like for y'all? It's try, trying to think back to, I mean, where does it start at originally? And mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, it's, it's things are passed down generationally mm-hmm. as to why, you know, we, we do some of the things that we do, mm-hmm. uh, why we act the way that we act, why we, why we tuck a lot of those things, you mm-hmm. know, um, we're not, we, we, where we were told and we were taught not to show weakness. Yeah. 
you know, we can't be vulnerable, right? Uh, yeah. we, we've we've got to be, you know, proud men. We've got to stand up tall. We, we can't show, you know, we don't want them to be able to take advantage. You don't, you can't have any chinks in your armor, yeah. right? Yeah. You gotta, you gotta always, you gotta always be yeah. be on ten. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it I think it, it, it has to come first with a certain self realization. You have to have a certain level of acceptance, mm-hmm. um, with within within oneself. Uh, for me. What what got it out of me was getting professional help. Mm. Um, mm. That's what I was looking. I was looking for that. Yeah, I was you know, uh, that, again, man. from where you know where where we come from, where we grew up at. I don't, you know, that's therapy is that's just some shit I seen on the movies. <laughs> you know, I don't know how does that work. Do I you lay do I lay back on the couch and how you know, right. you know how does that work? I just I only seen it in the movies. Or, um, and so, you know, now that I'm able, now that now as a, as a man, and, and and I can afford to do certain things and take care of myself, and, and make sure I can provide myself with the things needed in order to be the individual that I that I I'm tr- uh, trying to be right at the end of the day. Uh, I wasn't afraid. I'm not afraid of pursuing that anymore. Um, so back to also right the difference between the young version of me versus where I'm at now. I'm 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 entirely okay with the man you guys see before him. My my strengths and my weaknesses, none of that bothers me, um, because I know what they are. Yeah. yeah. And uh, when you when you're able to realize where you are deficient, or when you're able to realize where you do have weaknesses, and if you can be real and honest with yourself mm-hmm. when you're having those conversations, mm-hmm. um, you'll start to learn too that sometimes. When you talk to yourself a lot, do you get do you get your own? Do you give yourself answers? Do you know the answers? Where do the answers come from when you talk to yourself? Because hold on, really quick, before you answer that, sometimes I'll answer stuff based on right. You are yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, 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 right I, for I, me, I'm taking it. I'm taking and it because again. I know that. I also know like, hey, bro, I might feel like Superman, and everybody also might think I am. <laughs> But that ain't it at the end of the day. And see, like, I don't have a big brother that, who really asks me, like, hey, bro, like, what, you good? Because there's a lot of shit in here that, that's, that's, that, that's been eating away at me since, since I was old enough to really have some real shit going on with me. Um, and so for the first time, I was able to really openly, honestly express myself to somebody who had no bias and ultimately only served one purpose was to give me the honest truth, mm-hmm. you know, whether I liked it or not. Mm-hmm. And then just to see things from a different perspective, right? That person was trained and educated and learned a certain way to be able to deliver a message, not just uh, for someone to receive, but for me to receive, right? Right, right? Because the way he speaks to me, you know, I'm sure he doesn't talk to his other client or, you know, the other client before me, right? So he has to also understand how he needs to deliver that message for Jan to be able to receive it. Right. Um, it's tailored. Yeah, it's tailored, and I think I think me seeking the professional help has allowed me to open up with realizing that it's okay to have feelings, it's okay to show emotion, it's okay to ask for help. I'm not I'm not there yet, (laughs) but I'm I'm trying to get there. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah. and like I shared, and and I'm I'm never embarrassed to share this information, this part of this uh, with people. Is how I told you guys over these last two two and a half years. I've cried more than I ever have in my entire life. And that says a lot from someone people would call emotionless mm-hmm. and nonchalant or evil or whatever it is because 
I just didn't know how to show emotion. Right. I wasn't taught. I wasn't shown like, hey, it's okay to to let that go. You know, so we hold on to a lot of those things, and and unfortunately, those things become trauma, yeah. and those things we end up carrying around, and those are the things that we we interject into our work, our relationships, um, you know, all in all facets of our life, and so sometimes you are unconsciously doing these things, and you're not aware of them. So it's I took it upon myself to be conscious, to be subconscious, and to be what I've discovered is a super conscious. Mm-hmm. Um, and all three of those things, the more you're able to align yourself with your consciousness, the easier it is to accept certain things. And um, you said something earlier I want to touch on. I won't go into it because no, 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 we talked about. Do. Huh? Do what you got to do, brother. So you said uh, COVID and really showed you about your, was it the man cave? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, I was wondering. Right? For me, what COVID showed me it was how many people were not okay with being this alone. Yes. What COVID showed me is how many yes. people weren't okay with themselves. Yes. A lot of people struggled when you had to sit there <laughs> and you locked in your house and you don't know what to do with yourself. Yep. Yep. For me, luckily, I've, I grew up. I'm kind of. I'm kind of isolated and more introverted and more of a lone wolf. Yeah. And I don't mind right. doing. Hey, I, I I advise everybody to go travel at least one time in your life. Oh, like, go do like get away because. When you're okay and you and you can sit in a space by yourself and you're and you're not driving yourself crazy because you're okay within and you can't run, I think that was the problem, right? Nobody you can't run from yourself. No, right. you got to sit your ass still. You locked in. We quarantined. Mm-hmm. So what you gonna do? I thrived right. during the pandemic because I wasn't afraid of that. One hundred percent. But then back to that. So yeah, for me it was it was really a matter of getting professional help, opening up with my honesty, my feelings, my emotions, embracing them for what they were. Uh, understanding that it's it's okay, I'm human, um, and you know, and and when when I'm able to do those things, certain people were able to gravitate to me a little bit more, and I was able to have a certain level of expression that I could relay those messages to where you know people could understand, like okay, he, you know, I do need that too. Yeah, yeah, no, man. I don't, uh, I don't think I have. I've never had the professional help. When, when do I know when it's time to go? Because that was your initial question. When, about do we cry or something like that? Well, no, right? my initial question was when do you know to, when do you know to go ask for help from the people you lean on? Or yeah, yeah. what are the processes to yeah. um, open it up to the people that you quote unquote lean on? Yeah, when, when I'm at fucking breakdown mode, that's when it's time for me to go. Mm. When I'm crying, which I don't cry, but when I'm, if I ever get into, yeah, I don't, I mean, I was just so, fucking odd by what you just said because I'm just like, man, I need some of that shit because I I don't release man. to people. I, and it's fu- it's a funny mechanism that I've designed that works for me. You see what I'm saying? I'm not oh, saying yeah. it's the best mechanism. Oh, no. I'm, I, I was I was him. Yeah, but that mechanism works for me. Like, I don't got to go to no fucking therapist. Yeah. First off, because I got to pay money because we don't grow up. You know what I'm saying? Shit like exactly. that. Little yeah, shit. Yeah. And then second off, it's, it's because uh, I don't want to I don't want to tell you my business. So I, I cope with this stuff on my own. I mean, I think it's really a fucking vault somewhere inside of me where I can take shit and just put it in there. Mm-hmm. I'm very good at compartmentalization. Right. That's how I get shit done. All right, bam, 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 bam. So I have a vault in me that I take shit that I don't want to deal with right now and put it in there. And I might not never get back to it. I ain't never signed out with no therapist. Does I know that, it's a whole lot of shit to come out. capacity? 
No, it's unlimited. But see, you look, sure? But look, but this, this, see, you know, because I, I know exactly where you're going. I'm listening. No, no, no. I, I, I know exactly where you're going too because when people say they compartmentalize things, I, I'm the same way. Right. I compartmentalize everything. Right. I understand how to separate every situation. My gym friends, gym friends, my boys, my boys, my family, my family, my work, right. whatever. But are we aligning each compartment the right way? Because each compartment can overload into distress, even if you're going fully into it. We can say we can compartmentalize things all the time, and we can put them in that boat. But sometimes, just like a damn vacuum cleaner, shit gets stuck. We need to tear out and shake out and pour in the trash and then put it back in and then say, oh, that's why it's it's, it's picking up the pieces now. I'm not saying that that's what... That's, it's, I'm not saying that the actions that you're doing is wrong, but... Just no, 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 no. I know it's wrong. Just yeah, based yeah. on what you okay, said. Okay, so you know that. Yeah, I know so it's wrong. right now. It's wrong. It's wrong, no, but no. it works for me right now. You <laughs> yeah, see what I'm saying? You see what I'm trying to say? Okay. And like, my, my wife was on this therapy shit at one point, and I was like, man, if you go Bro, to it's, therapy, it's, life, it's, it's just some shit that's going to come out that you don't want to hear. It's different. But you see what I'm saying? I'm like, it's some shit that you don't want to hear, so I don't really know if you want to do that. Right. Like it proactively, it, it prepares you proactively too. That's another thing. What prepares you proactively? The, having those conversations. People always say, "Well, why?" People think therapy is going to therapy because you got a cut that you need to cover. Right. That's not it. Right. Therapy is not to go and just to say, "Okay, you know what? I'm bleeding internally. I need to go ahead and just figure to stitch this up." Okay. No, it's about how do I prevent circumstances from all the shit that I stitched up right. along the way that got me okay. here. Okay. That I are now that. trauma that is spilling over into the shit that that cut is that it's just wounds that's being reopened. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, well, I'm almost 50. And I was talking about going to Ghana for my 50th. Maybe I'll go to a fucking therapist on my 50th. How about that? That's some spiritual life right there in Ghana. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I'll do something like That's that. But uh, again, I totally understand that this is something that needs to be addressed. But I just have a system that I think that, that I think is working. Working for you. Yeah. And I don't want to unlock that right now. I'm not ready to unlock that. So that helped me answer my, answer the question. Like what helped me get there, what I realized was, and again, something we don't talk about a lot is mental health. Yes. So when I was at Washington State, uh, I lost my scholarship uh, and it was just downhill from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know at the time what I was going through when I was going through it and I was trying to explain it to somebody anyone who was close enough to me that I felt comfortable enough explaining it to about what I was feeling, these these weird, like when I would wake up, I felt things weren't clear, or my eyesight felt kind of blurry. Um, I'm, I could be at a green light, or I'd be at a red light and the light turned green, and I'm like, damn, is the light green? Like, <laughs> like really second guessing myself yeah. and trying to explain it, and I was like, all right, I'm just trying to sleep that feeling off, and I'd wake up, and I'm looking around, I'm like, all right, I'm cool, I think I'm good. And then I get this weird cloudy feeling again, and it's this feeling of uncertainty. And it's like a, it's like almost I was panicking a little bit, mm-hmm. but on the inside, mm-hmm. you wouldn't know looking at me that there was anything wrong. It was right. all internalized, right. right? But come to find out, that was anxiety. I was dealing with an anxiety disorder. Absolutely. Not now, it wasn't anything. So what my doctor told me was it's not it wasn't an anxiety attack because I wasn't physically panicking, right? I wasn't you couldn't you couldn't see me and understand, right? You, I, I didn't have any real symptoms as right. physical, right? Yeah. Um, it was an anxiety disorder because it stayed with me for weeks on end and it wouldn't leave until, uh, for one, I had to take medication or, uh, I had to write off everything that was going on in my life 
and check shit off the box mm. to subside myself from feeling anxious without having to deal with things. Mm. And um, I experienced maybe about five or six of these disorders over my over a period of maybe about four or five years mm. to where I didn't, I still never knew what was wrong mm. until uh, the time before my last one, someone told me like, hey, that sounds like you have like an anxiety attack. Um, and so, yeah, I looked into it. And, and so at some point further on down the road was when I, that's when I became more open to therapy once I realized that mentally there was something wrong. But because I thought that my vault was limitless and it just took something to, and it could have been anything. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. one thing in particular. Yeah. It was because I kept packing shit it. in here and I didn't have nobody to talk to right. I didn't have nobody I trusted right. to, to really be vulnerable yeah. and express to somebody like hey I need help because if not it's just gonna be all bad over here right. and I'm just I'm always I'm used to tucking I still tuck shit to this day yeah. I tuck all I tuck every day because I'm also scared to express what that will feel like because I feel people not ready for that Right. What what we've been going through on a daily, or to even get to where you are sitting in that chair, to get where you sit in that chair, to get where I'm sitting in my chair, we've gone through some stuff. Oh, for sure. We've gone. We've all gone through some stuff that we haven't been able to express to anybody mm -hmm. or to explain. He just you, exhaled, right? Because he feel that. Well, you took without knowing. A lot of the time, you took. You took without even knowing. Just because that's just how you was raised. That's just how you was raised. Somebody can ask you a question. Somebody can ask you a complete question. Hey man, how you literally, how you feeling today? I'm good. That's a tough, and, and you know you just got out of a bad meeting. You know that you probably Anything. just went through a breakup. I just gotta you, ask you though, why I gotta open my shit if it's working for me? It, it's not. I'm gonna I'm I'm take it there. You know what? Listen, at the end of the day, we all understand what works for us. Right. But what works for us, not it, it doesn't always make sense of what is going to sustain us. Right. It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable, right? Because I look at this life in general. All of us look at this because we've been on this quest of getting to the highest level of whatever success looks like for us, right? And as we're on that quest, we're building stories along the way. We're meeting new people, right? We come across uncertainty. We tuck. To use your words, we tuck, right? But it works for you. Yeah. Cool. But I never forget, I sat down with someone and they said, you got to understand the difference between your identity and understand the difference between influence. Success doesn't build your identity. The failures do. So mm -hmm. when you start to allow yourself to expose your failure, your identity now is truly built. When you make money and you have success, that's just building influence. It's a difference. No. So if you are going on this path of influence and you're trying to continue to go down a track of just inspiring and influencing people, cool. Tuck. Do what you've been doing. You know, I can't I can, that process. I can say that I do know yeah. for a fact that I could be further along than I am if I dealt with those issues. See. I do know that. Because the way I deal with people is I don't. And that's not the best way to deal with <laughs> and, people. And, um, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I do understand that I'd be a lot further along. If you decide So it's to... really not working for me. Well, that's not what I was going to gonna say. Yeah. I don't think everybody knows what works well for them. Yeah, I right. think you know what works well enough for you to have not hindered or right. hurt you. Right. right. But it's not 
But it doesn't, but it doesn't yeah, necessarily right. Or or imagine opening up that door and then what it can do for yeah, you, right? Yeah. To to further along where you have already been. It's and this, that's that's just it's, it's, it's perspective. It's, it's this one little crazy saying from this this kid, something about it's not that we fear failure, but we fear our unlimited potential, something like that. You ever heard that? Oh, yeah, one hundred percent. Being scared to yeah, being, being scared, scared to, to succeed. succeed. Yeah. That's when imposter that's when imposter syndrome comes along. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh I stand corrected. I do understand that I'm holding myself back. And one day, maybe when I turn 50 and go to the fucking <laughs> person, hey, you gotta. might see some changes. Ain't got it, baby. Yeah, so um, do you mentor anyone? Because we're talking about what we doing, what we learning. Are we passing this on? Are you mentoring anyone besides, you know, the man in the mirror? Every day. Every, every day? Every single day. Um, officially or just like, hey. Officially, you know, I have mentees, and but mentorship comes in different areas of your experience. Right. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I can't mentor someone in basket weaving because I've never been there. Right. But like my experiences, I have mentorships in, we talk about compartments. I got people that I mentor in business, right? right? Um, I got people that I mentor with sports stuff because we have that experience. Right. Um, I have folks that I mentor in speaking. Um, and then I got folks that I just talk to about life, right? So each of those experiences, yeah, we all, you know, we have our mentor. Um, one kid I mentor, man, I want to give him a shout out. 22 year old kid, started his own business, startup, Silicon Valley. And I won't put his business out there, obviously, because they're going through another round of funding. But 22 year old kid, he's in the Internet of Things space and no, no college degree, high school diploma. And uh, his name is Trey. I'll put his name out there. His name is Trey. Dope kid. Started a business from the ground up, bootstrapped the whole entire thing, which means he raised capital, all of the, from inception to culmination. His company now is valued at 8.9 million and gonna get a serious C round of funding or serious B round of funding of 10.5 million, 22. And so I'm like, shit, I should be getting mentored by you, <laughs> right? Um, he, he, he's, but I mentor him because he's just acknowledging the fact that he has a shortcoming with understanding how to lead people. He don't know how to do that yet. And so, you know, I kind of help him now because he got employees and he have people that's under him that work for him. But he want to understand how do I not be the creative and, and be a coach and be a leader, be an inspirer. So, yeah, he's one person I want to highlight. So, yeah, man, we mentor people every single day. Got it. I mean, I guess just like you now have your certification in counseling, you're mentoring some of these guys that you're training every day, right? I see you with some athletes. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I work primarily as a strength and conditioning coach right. in the fitness world of things. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm busy really on more one part of the year mm -hmm. during the off season than, than any others. And outside of that, I got to reinvent myself. But some of my athletes do stay pretty close year round, especially some of my younger high school guys. Right. Um, so I definitely, I mentor a lot of my, my younger athletes that I work with. Um, it's just because I've once been in their shoes. And right. I understand too, like a lot of their parents like sending them to me because they listen to me. Yeah. Um, and we all know how that goes, mm -hmm. right? You don't want to listen to your dad, listen right. to your mom. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so it's, it's a lot easier when you hear it from somebody else. And and again, uh, I attribute, you know, my education and and my, my need for wanting to learn some of these things to be able to communicate and to be able to, to deliver or to decipher certain things to these to these guys to get them to understand where I'm coming from because I've been there before, you know, from high school level to collegially to professionally. Um, you know, I, I understand that some of these things that these guys are going to come come into counter with. Mm -hmm. So I 
purposely mentor these guys. And then I find myself inadvertently mentoring a lot of people um, in the entrepreneurial space because they kind of will either get whim of some of the things I'm doing or they'll see yeah. or they'll maybe overhear some some conversations and eventually people will end up coming yep. and just trying to pick my brain and then it, and then it transforms into some type of a, a mentor role and I'm always open and I'm always happy to do that um, but I'm always also very conscientious and, 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 and mindful of my time because everybody wants the sauce when they see you know <laughs> oh, yeah. like when they right. see you like dripping you right. know so to speak but it's like um, there was a point in time where I, how I go about things and, and the work ethic part has always been there, mm -hmm. but not everybody was coming to talk to me about it then when they didn't, you know, whether they saw the work or they didn't see the work, they just see the fruits of, of, of my labor yeah. now. So now they want to come get it and that's fine. But I'm also, you know, I also don't, I also don't get that information out to everybody. Right. Um, and then, yeah, now being able to, to counsel people on, on a, on a, on a professional world to, uh, to hear um, people's inner thoughts, the demons, the things that they fight with. Uh, and my best way to mentor and counsel them is through my own experience. Mm -hmm. um, you know, from somebody who has had low lows to literally nothing mm -hmm. to, you know, rebuilding myself up twice over now. And I, I attribute my struggles uh, to my success. Now I can help my athletes for one, not find themselves in the positions that I was in uh, later on down the road. So if I can do anything to help these guys prevent from injury, making mistakes with, with girls, school, you know, this decision making, whatever. And then the same thing with, with all the people that, you know, I come into contact with on a day-to-day basis because I, I see my clients more than they see most people on anyways. You know, you see these people three, four times a week. Yes. So I know everything that's going on. Yeah. So I'm able to give them some good insight based on what they share with me. And, and um, I believe that you know they're open and honest with me, and we have a certain level of connection. Because I don't, I don't judge people, and I know how that feels to be judged. That's, so. that's key. Well, that's key too about mentorship as well. You people are trusting you to be vulnerable and to be open without judgment. Yeah. You know, um, because they looking at you as that light to right. align them because um, they don't right. see it at that time. And uh, yeah, that's 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 awesome, man. That's so, awesome. So we can't have all this good without a little hurt. That's the podcast. Yeah, 100%. So, so Gotta make it fit. Uh, what, what makes your blood boil? What upsets you? We're going to go with you, we do, Mr. Smiley. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny because, boy? again, we talk about... Happy, huh? We talk about all... We, we talk about happiness. We talk about, you know, harnessing that stuff in. But, I mean, let's just say it this way. I smile a lot. But I've learned to smile through my pain. And I've learned through to smile through situations that I know is not hurting me physically. Um, if it's not hurting me emotionally, I laugh through it. But what really upsets me completely, you said what? That's that tucking. That, that tucking. It's a tucking. It's a tucking for sure. It is, man, 100%. Something I need to get better. But I think what really... Take your time. Shit, I was just going to say it. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't appreciate when I see people make excuses that have an unlimited amount of opportunity. That makes my blood boil. Um, I work in a predominantly Caucasian American world, right? I can name five public speakers right now. You got you got Jeremy Anderson. You got Ed, um, you got um, Trey uh, uh, Young. You got um, Eric Thomas. You got Ed Millette. You got a couple of these people that are black in this world, right? And then all of it is just they're not. And so the ones that actually can speak 
and uplifting that's been through pain and it's not necessarily something that's scripted and they haven't been through or they haven't written, they don't get the opportunities. The ones that write it and that's more academic focus, you'll see them more so getting big opportunities. Instagram, the algorithm will show you that Eric Thomas is blowing it up, but he's one out of a million. There's people behind closed doors that are making millions and millions of dollars and in speaking, and they haven't lived the experience. So I think what makes my blood boil is understanding the people that also have those opportunities and don't take those opportunities as the best, as the last thing that they'll actually probably get. And it pains me. And it pains me. It pains me to see it. So you got endless potential, but you don't take advantage of it. For somebody like me, I'm fighting every single day right. to get an opportunity. So that just, that makes okay. my blood boil. Okay. Wasted, uh, wasted, wasted potential. Wasted, wasted talent. Wasted talent, man. Wasted what makes talent. your blood boil? <laughs> <laughs> really? We're here all day. Man, what doesn't? No, uh, I say that because, well, quick backstory to it. Um, after I retired from playing ball, um, I moved up north to uh, start my firefighter journey. So I went through an EMS program, and, and within that program, they assigned mentors and all type of things to kind of help guide us through to get to, to the ultimate finish line through Fire Academy and so on and so forth. And within my program, actually shout out to Bay EMT, EMS Corps. They are a program designed to help give inner city youth the opportunity to broaden their horizons in the medical field to where they not norm where you wouldn't normally get those opportunities. Um, and so I was one of the older guys who they accepted into this medical program. And like I was saying, within that program, they assigned, we had a guy named Dr. Adams. Mm. And Dr. Adams opened my eyes to understanding more about myself internally because he said that we all have a list of needs yeah, yeah. and you need to know, you need to be able to prioritize what your list of needs are based on who you are as a person. Mm. So long story, not so long. Um, he had everybody in our group write our need, list of needs out. And then my very first, my very top need was respect. Mm. And so um, I've, you have to learn the sensitivity to your needs. And I've learned that I'm extremely sensitive to my respect. Mm. And so my blood boils when I feel that I'm not being respected or respect isn't being applied. Um, and when I feel that, that's just the first thing that, that'll trigger me off. And, I, and I, like I said, I'm sensitive to it. So it can be anything for normal day-to-day -day interaction, how someone chooses to respond to me or whatever the case is, right? Because I feel that I respect everybody or, or I will give respect where, where, where it's needed and I respect and I, I, I expect the same in return. Um, but in, and also within respect, I, the same way, like I respect the things that I do. Right? I don't take those things for granted. Like when I played the game, I respected the game. Mm -hmm. And so when I feel like respect's not being applied, that it's shit probably. pisses me off. Right. Um, because I respect everything that I do. Yeah. Right. But right. you don't stay pissed off alone. You realize you're in a low vibration and you flip it around, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it depends. I won't even lie. It depends. Uh, I'm, I, I've, I'm stubborn sometimes and I'm hard-headed and I hold on to some things a little longer than I should. And those are one of the things that I'm I'm continually working through, right. um, letting, letting, letting some of that stuff go. Because like I said, I, I understand that on my list of needs, respect is my top. And if I feel that that respect is yeah. tampered with at all, then you know, right. it's a problem. 
I'm working on it. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, little stuff, just little pet peeve shit as far as upsetting me. Uh, I, I try not to get mad. I'm going to use upset and mad as different because mad is another level. Um, so upset is stuff the kids do, do around the house, something my wife may do. Like, you know, really, you just going to walk past that shit on the floor and not pick it up? You know what I'm saying? Don't you? <laughs> so, no, so petty, like that. So yeah, yeah, just little shit. So Because real, the, the mad stuff, like I remember I told you before, I don't really deal with people. I don't have to deal with people. I put myself in a position not to have to. Right. I just don't. Because I know when I go there, it's not good. Mm-hmm. And not even just for them. It's not good for me. Because it's poison. It fucks up my chemicals. I'm trying to be high. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, because I'm in a position where I don't have to deal with people, I'm just like, yeah. A long time ago, I don't know where I got this from. Now, you probably heard me say it before, but before I stress it, fuck it. Yeah. That's my saying. And it's been my saying since I was like fucking 20, since I was in the military, because I remember using it in there. Yeah. I gotta, nope. Nope. Sorry, I can't do nothing about it. I'm from, fuck it. Same. You do you, but I'm, I'm I'm not about to get upset about it. You yeah. can't control nothing so, outside yeah. yourself. Yeah, so just little stuff. Little stuff. Yeah. Like, ah, you know, shit yeah. you can fix easy. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm, I'm real big at this age on uh, my vibration. My chemicals and shit, and you know, you stress be. has always been poison to me, yeah. and I've always repelled that shit. <laughs> Unnecessary stress too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, those, those are the ones I try to stay away from. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying hard right now. <laughs> hey, but that's why. But hey, that's why. Don't invite it. Don't invite it. Don't tolerate it. You know, because un- unnecessary stress. I personally feel it's invited. Yeah. We invite unnecessary stress sometimes because it's like, do I really got to get mad because there is one little piece of paper on this table right now for you? Well, that's not mad. Well, I'm, yeah, yeah, are, are, but you're, yeah, you're yeah. upset, though. Yeah, yeah. You're stressed. Oh, right. my wife going to do this I, I told again. you about that, the OCD with the kids. I was yeah. like, man, I'm going to go fucking crazy. So I'm going to have these kids do it. They ain't roll a cereal bag and put it back <laughs> right. in the box. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it goes back, it goes back yeah. to that book I was talking about, Unoffendable. Like, yeah, Unoffendable. Don't, don't be offended by all of it. Right. Or they're not giving a fuck. Chop wood, carry wood. <laughs> okay. Uh, again. I do understand that we're family men and some of us have to get back home to the wife and kids. So on that note, as always, thank you. I love you. Appreciate you. you. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. Keep spreading the word. Keep being great. I say, what y'all, y'all, y'all got anything you want to shout out, plugs, and hounds, or whatever? Do that stuff. Again. Um, so you can find me on LukeKAlexander.com for any speaking engagements. These are speaking engagements. Obviously, social media is Luke K. Alexander as well. Um, I have one coming up actually. It'll be my we celebrate my 200. I was telling you about that. So I'm celebrating my 200 in, in January. Um, I've done 100. Ten virtual, obviously due to the climate, and another ninety will be speaking in front of people. So, um, again, Luke uh, Alexander.com speaking engagement coming up January fourteenth. It'll be my two hundred, man. So I just want to make sure that if y'all can come, come join us. It's a webinar, it's a seminar open for anyone that wants to attend that want to be enlightened. Um, my whole entire process of going through things is about authentic impact which anyone can be, if you're authentic, you can make an impact um, by showing your vulnerabilities, by showing your circumstances, but the impact is by the voice that you show within your authenticity. So I just want to make sure that y'all come check us out. So appreciate you having me, y'all. Uh, man, um, my gym, Fit House uh, A18 in Sherman Oaks on Ventura Boulevard. Uh, everybody, please you know, come by and check it out. It's a great, small, private, uh, community gym um, my 
personal training company, my uh, strength and conditioning uh, business as well is based out of there, the Grind Lab. Um, now licensed, certified uh, as a counselor as well, which is the, the rebranding of the name, Dr. Grind Lab. Um, you know, we've got uh, 16-week programs and stuff that is based on the mental and the physical aspect. Uh, training the mind, the body will follow. Um, yeah, that's, 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 that's it for now. Oh man, look, I just inadvertently started a clothing line called Francis of Monaco, so I'm gonna be flirting in your space a little bit. So yeah, look out for that. That's Francis where you're coming. Francis of Monaco, okay. Uh, okay. Sounds like I'm about to go to uh, the Mafia Coast and wear that. <laughs> Shirt a, open blazer. Hey, you know? LJ. Yeah. Got you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He got you, LJ. He got you. <laughs> we gonna be out there, boy. Yeah, man. Get her the podcast. Thank you.